Hello. 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 Hi. Welcome to the Phased Out Podcast, episode 12. 12. 12. I just saw 12 bricks. Um, I'm <laughs> Sawyer. Welcome to Chili's. Cost. <laughs> I and got I'm him. Ian. Lars Ulrich killed the Napster caramaze. And this is medal number three. Trace. We're on to our third part of our five-part series on Miatl. Uh, the devil's genre. The devil's sure. music. Sure. Meow, meow, meow. And uh, today we're going to be sure. talking about the... Um, <laughs> The decade of decadence, the 80s. The 80s, when punk tried to kill the metal. It tried to kill the metal. Punk rock tried, tried to, to destroy, destroy the metal. If you don't know, that is the metal by Tenacious D, which mm-hmm. is a great song. Um, Where we're going to be talking about mostly uh, the emergence of Essentially, the, the death of Deep Purple and the fight against punk derp rock. Purple. Um, yeah. Plurple. Plurple. Um, and the emergence of the big subgenres, the big three, which are Thrash, Doom, and Black. Mantle! Uh, and what we've realized is there are. So, what we realized is the start <laughs> in the 80s into the 90s, which we'll get into next episode. Yep. But there are so many subgenres. That we are going to really only focus on the big, kind of overarching, all-encompassing genres. And in episode five, we're going to talk about kind of the uh, lesser genres. And then we're going to The non-mainstream-ish type dealio The non-mainstream-ish Like your doom and your death and your symphonic and little flirtations with those Uh, sorts of things. We're going to, though, take metalcore. So the stuff that kind of happens... We're going to stop this series probably 2003... Anything 2005-ish to now is primarily in metalcore, screamo, those kind of alternative it's metal things. going to get its things. own series, That's going to be its own thing. I have the hiccups from all the wine. Woo! <laughs> um, so, we're just, that's where we're stopping. Because if we kept going, this would be like a 17-part subgenre series. Oh, it would be ridiculous. Blah, 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 de blah, de blah. So... But, thankfully... This is one of the few things that people can thank punk rock for. Um, punk rock came kind of storming in in the mid-70s, which is another thing that we'll get to, you know, across various iterations. Um, and a lot of metal suffered um, because it was essentially the antithesis of the antithesis of the overproduction that was metal. Right. Metal was so overdone in the studio, which is not a bad thing, but it was very overproduced and whatnot. Um and while rock music was very much overproduced, heavy metal really fit into that mold. And punk essentially tried to kill metal. Yeah. Um, and according to Jack Black, did not succeed. Um, but realistically, it didn't. Um, but punk was not the only thing. Disco, the 12-minute genre, um, that didn't really matter at all, um, tried to kill off metal as well, more mainstream side of rock. I don't know. It was, you know, this was your time period of like, this is the start of like arena rock where it was like, you know, your, your serious, like cheesy arena rock bands, your foreigners, your, um, your 38 specials, your journeys, your Boston's, things like that. But metal was just like, ah, you know, we're going to survive in one place 
England. And then that kind of got everything going. Um, essentially, late 70s, we're looking at what was called the new wave of British heavy metal. Mm-hmm. Um, and You're getting into Maiden. Maiden. Def Leppard. Def Leppard. Which is like light metal. <laughs> um, you know. <laughs> A cat who can't hear good. Def Leppard. Nice. Um, <laughs> but so you're looking at, you know, you're looking at <sighs> these, these bands, you know, Iron Maiden trying to follow the lead of Judas Priest, who yes. is kind of struggling at this point. Motorhead, who is still punking on, yeah. um, but doing their thing. Spoiler um, alert. Jesus Priest comes back. They do. Yeah, of course they do. <laughs> and, like, really, they're, like, super gay about it, and it's great. Yes. Um, You know, but you have this Breaking weird mixture. Breaking the Law was about sodomy. Yeah, a, a little bit. Uh, mainly entirely, actually. A um, Personally, my favorite Motorhead album um, came out in 81. Uh, no Sleep Till Hammersmith is a great example of this, like, for me, that's, like, that's probably personally the extent of my, like, real identifiable relationship with the new wave of British heavy metal. Um, mainly because Motorhead is fantastic. Um, the end. Um, we could just end the series there. Um, yep. But No Sleep Till Hammersmith is a phenomenal album. Um, you know, Lemmy just powers through that with all his might. And that is... That was one of the, the first albums that topped the charts um, in its genre and really, you know, solidified Motorhead's continued reign over the genre but also you know the 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 real emergence of this new concept of the british new wave right which is not the same thing as new wave music like a new we're not talking about depeche mode not 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 this episode not yet not this Um, episode so a big thing that was happening on the other side of of that of you know motorhead pushing forward and uh iron maiden is that the bands that we had talked about last week uh, pretty heavily, uh, Deep Purple, Black Sabbath, all of that stuff, uh, even a little bit with Zeppelin. Uh, those bands were fading out a little bit. Um, a little bit. I mean, Deep Purple broke be- up in what, 70 75? And then... Ian Blackman left? Was that what it was? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. and then Led Zeppelin broke up be- when J- Bonham died in 80. Rest in peace. Rip. Um, and they were never gonna, they were never gonna keep going. No. I've um, read multiple, um, biographies. <laughs> Um, like authored biographies, mainly Hammer of the Gods, which I read about a hundred times in middle school, and there there was never even a thought of replacing John Bottom. There's no way to. It was like it was like when Keith Moon died. You know, the Who just stopped doing stuff for a while because who was the Who without him? Yes. That was a bad. Sentence. Who's on yeah. first? Um, and <sighs> then uh, Black Sabbath was dealing a lot with drug abuse and problems with Ozzy and whatnot, and um, the best thing was the competition they found with the band they chose to open for them on tour uh van halen so this was when this was the hour for me of van halen van halen Um, eddie van halen reinventing the way the guitar was like even played at all let alone Um, conceptualized and listened to in the genre right uh his solo album in 78 is amazing eruption Mm -hmm. um he does the guitar solo unbeat it by michael jackson because that's fine. Um, Wonderful. I mean, God, if you don't know the original, go now. Go. Yep. Go. And then uh, to only dip into 
Ian's least favorite genre. Hair metal sucks. Of hair metal. Oh my god. We can trace back the origins of hair metal into what Eddie Van Halen was doing. Well, it was... And it was a big inspiration for what happened. A lot of this hair, most of the hair metal, thankfully, was sequestered to L.A. Thank God. In a very specific time in the the early 80s. Uh, with bands Quiet Riot, Motley Crue, Wasp, Rat, <laughs> oh, all of the bands that we all hate. Um, God, they... all those bands are so bad. I'm sorry. Uh, Quiet Riot is like okay, but not really. You no. know, I don't know. They're whatever. Um, so during that time, that's a subgenre that we don't really touch on because of the fact that honestly, I mean, honestly, you, it is not a genre fun? that I can really equate to any sort of. I have influence no, trickling I have down. no personal connection to hair metal besides the couple of hair metal songs that were on the Guitar Hero 80s game. I literally have no other connection nope. to that. Which is like, this is gonna this is gonna happen. We're gonna do this show and we're gonna realize that there are series that we just have no real identifiable thing with. Me with most genres of metal that's not between the bear and me. <sighs> I mean, you know, but also last episode I was good and every time we talk about motorhead, I'm fine, but like you know, there are going to be certain, you know, things that you can only talk so much about. I only this really know Streetlight Manifesto. Oh, and I'll so... talk about, I'll talk about first, second, third wave, reggaeton, the whole nine yards. Well, that's going to be, that's going to be the me episodes. Um, <laughs> Ian's day out. But, you know, as, as we think about, you know, these series, you know, to an extent, we're learning about these genres. Metal is something I'm learning about as we're doing this. We're not like directly ripping off of Wikipedia, but let's be real. We're paying attention to it. Yeah. Simply because I don't know enough to just, I mean, we didn't use any notes for the emo besides like, you know, just the summary and dates because I don't have the dates of every single album I've ever listened to ever memorized. When we get to um, pop punk, we're not even going to need anything. Oh, I'm, that's going to be fine. <laughs> you know, but that's, I mean, that's personally, that's one of the things. And you'll begin to see this change over the next couple of, uh, of weeks with the show, especially um, kind of diving in a little head first without a safety vest on, which is kind of the exciting part of these Yes. Metal especially. This is our first foray into what the fuck are we talking about? <laughs> what is metal and why does it but, sound so I mean, good? I mean, but that's that's not to say that hair metal didn't make a big impact because Motley Crue still is selling out amphitheaters and arenas doing, when they play. They're doing big things and everybody knows everything. They're doing a a movie, one of those like bio movies. One of the biopics? Yeah, where Tommy Lee is being played by Machine Gun Kelly. Oh, I heard about that. Yeah. Which is interesting, you know, and I it's not to say that they didn't have a massive influence over other genres that we'll get to. You know, various iterations on metalcore can definitely draw their, at least their fashion and style influences from Very hair true. metal. But, I mean, we don't have a lot to talk about. It's one them. of those things the that... The Scorpions are fantastic, but they're dude, like, that weird borderline. Like they're they're not, I wouldn't call them hair, I wouldn't call them hair metal, but they are very glam much. Glam metal. They are, they're, they're glam rock, but like, with crazy guitars. Like, I anyway. think the thing with hair metal, and we're gonna get into this definitely in the fifth episode where we talk about the very, kind of, min like, minutia subgenres, is that some of them are products of their time. And I feel that hair metal is very much of the 80s because the 80s was the me decade. That was the drug decade. That was the overindulgent. That was the everything was big and neon and bright and money and blah. Greed is good. Like Norman Gecko kind of Wolf of Wall Street-esque stuff. Getting total, yeah. 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 And the only reason Lots that I have... Lots of cocaine. Yes. The only reason that I have a frame of reference for this period of time is when I was a kid, all I did was watch VH1 I Love the 80s. 
so I didn't I didn't I didn't have that exposure. I didn't have TV. When I was younger, I watched like three VHS, two of Moroggan, Bullwinkle, and I never watched TV for like ten years. So I don't know. VH1 was a mystery to me until so I So I will I will say so. so the thing that we can I want to credit I honestly want to credit hair metal with is for hair metal and this is no pun but all pun intended it's very much <laughs> nice. a gateway drug for a lot of people into different kinds of rock and metal music mm-hmm. especially women so I would not Suffice to say, woman in metal should be its whole episode. Call, it should be an it entire episode. It will and be. We'll, we'll get there because we'll get there to is women. I don't. The, I don't even mean as performers. Most, yeah. I mean as audience members. So when oh, you yeah. think about super, when you think alienated. about the the people who were fronting bands in the set, the guys from Deep Purple aren't exactly good looking. I love Ozzy Osbourne. He's like my you know devil grandpa. But the dude's not a good looking guy. He literally looks like Nosferatu. That's really disrespectful. To know Sparatu. But uh. if you... Th- I mean, Robert Plant was real good looking, but in like a different way. But then if you think about the guys who were in Motley Crue, the guys who were in Poison, like Brett Michaels before he was a bloated corpse of himself. <laughs> Yo, Brett Michaels was real good looking. I mean, a lot of those guys... I mean, that was... That Tommy was the Lee is still real good looking. That was a look. And yeah. I think it also is like... Not to say that women are so shallow that they don't listen to music unless it's fronted by beautiful people, but look at the entirety of, like, the the emo revival of, like, the Adam Lazaras and Chris Carabas. Oh, like, yeah. They're beautiful. We talked oh, about yeah. that in the emo episodes. But, like, that is a really good gateway, I think, for a lot of people during that time <laughs> of, well, what else is there? And then you get into, oh, my God, Iron Maiden. Like, and I think yeah. that's a very similar thing now of female, and we'll talk about this when we talk about women in metal, female-fronted metal is also a really good way to get into metal in general. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing that, that Ian was referring to back in the, the late 70s and early 80s was trying to kill off metal, but um, between 83 and 84, because of bands um, like what was happening in hair metal and you know some re-emergence of bands like with Ozzy and Van Halen and, and Judas the uh album share of recordings of heavy metal went from eight percent in 1983 to 20 percent in 1984 it got big it's I mean it, it was which virtually now overnight if there was a genre that had a fifth of the music sales oh it'd be ridiculous that would be unreal that'd be unreal yeah um, and it was during this time that magazines, the much beloved Kerrang! in 81. <laughs> Back when Kerrang! was like all over the place and not like the weird pop culture mag they are now. Yeah. And by 85, uh, outlets like Rolling Stone and Billboard were really paying attention to metal and saying that it wasn't just for greasy teenagers anymore. Thank God. Yeah, it was for everyone, and I think that's great. Well, this is when glam metal started to take over. Yeah. And you're dealing <laughs> with Warren, Poison, Poison, Cinderella. Motley Crue and Rat are still a thing. Um, and then the seminal Hard Rock Glam album, Slippery When Wet, bon, 1986. Bon Jovi pre-country crossover bullshit nonsense. Bon Jovi pre-trying to buy the Buffalo Bills. Well, just he literally the like if you if you had a kid between heavy metal and glam rock, it was that album in '86. It just was, yep. and it was his whole image for 15 years. Yep. So, during this time, also, we're getting the European-ish bands, Europe, with 
the best track ever. It's the final countdown. Literally, like the the only <laughs> the only like morbidly relevant non-British European song that like everybody knows. It it's this and take on me's aha. But, That's mean, it. But, yeah, but I mean, I'm talking like music. Um, um, in 87, to give you a sense of uh, it becoming popular, MTV uh, launched Headbangers Ball. Headbangers Ball. R.I.P. Headbangers Ball. Yo, what, a, what an era. Yeah. Um, so it was also during the late 80s that you're getting, I think, the real beginnings of the factionalization of metal. Mm-hmm. So you have all the old stall words that are coming from the late 70s through the late 80s, the last decade, and... You're getting the kind of old school versus new school versus kind of subgenre school, and you're getting the divisions of light metal, hair metal, glam metal, light, it's stupid, it's light, it's for girls, it's blah, blah, blah. And then you're trying to have more of, this is I think where the, the kind of trope of the metal purist really begins is in the late 80s. Oh, yeah. And just being like, uh... Metallica's actually metal and uh, Warren's like more like glam rock so I don't even know what like you're talking about. Well I mean these are the people I mean to an extent I agree with a little bit of where they were coming from because like Jane's Addiction is not metal but people will like roll them in with some it's like no no they're not yes they 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 can be they can really loyally trace their lineage to Zeppelin mainly because of of the, just the the phenomenally weird out there vocals that were in I mean just the super high pitched you can trace his style so directly to that around nailed it um, and Dave Navarro Dave Navarro uh, with was the advent of grown ass really buff men wearing black nail polish and scarves yes emo before it was emo bless um, bless Dave Navarro but I mean you know I never really realized this until I started getting into Guitar Hero which is where I discovered a lot of like this weird alternative metal sort of genre rip off whatever thing um Perry Farrell really is the heir apparent to Roger to to, to Roger Plant which is really interesting because Robert Plant I'm sorry Blah, I'm thinking Roger McGuinn and Robert Plant I have too much music in my head right now um Really an heir apparent stylistically to Robert Plant. And you can really tell. Just go listen to Jane's Edition and please tell me it's not a really close like Zeppelin 3 if it were all plucked in kind of right. sound. Which is great. But that's not that's not metal when Jane's Edition was becoming relevant again. Nothing Shocking is not a metal album. But they really trace their lineage to metal which is I guess really the, the evidence that like the 80s really took metal and put it in 12 different tree branches and said have fun don't break off right you know don't break off the tree but do your own thing for a while and that's really what it was right you know uh the thing during this time that really is kind of apparent to me of how all of that tree branching is happening (laughs) is during this time you're you're dealing with them Jane's Addiction and stuff like that but you're also dealing with Guns N' Roses Appetite for Destruction oh I mean pinnacle album for that borderline heavy metal arena rock type sound that was so defined by that album in 87 yeah I think also that it was a great Guns is one of those bands that for me is the best bridge between because Axl Rose when he was fit and on large amounts of cocaine was be- <laughs> was a beautiful man 
I mean, vocals were incredible. His vocals and are the pinnacle of... Um, Slash was kind of like Dave Navarro on steroids oh, with the top and, hat. and his guitar style defined I mean, the way that people played in the 80s and 90s. Right, and, but they were kind of glamorous in the way that they kind of looked. They were very, like, theatrical, but they were also, like, screamy and yelly and... Which was, like, very so much Led Zeppelin. Oh, yeah. So I think that oh, they were yeah. a really great mix during that time. Um... And then you're dealing with uh, bands like Winger and Skid Row and all that kind of stuff. Um, Skid Row, glam metal. Yeah. Uh, and then the subgenres that start to come out during this time, and we're going to talk about a few of them now. There's some other ones that we're not going to really get into. If you, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna dip into so some of them later many. on. We will. We'll we'll but get to a lot of this. If you if, that you'll see. So the soon yes thrash because that is such a big thing during this time of the 80s the late 70s into the late 80s oh, yeah. with metallica oh i mean um, the definition of thrash metal and thrash Pantera. is kind of the granddaddy of the subgenres. it's kind of where everything the tree which everything has branched well from. that's that's where when you say metal that's people what you think, think of bands that fit within thrash that's metal. what you think of yeah. um other the other genres that are kind of the big ones within these subgenres: death metal, black metal, and then doom gothic metal. So we're gonna be able to We are going to be able to cover a couple of those within an underlying episode or two, probably because a lot of those, you know, your doom metal and your black metal are very closely related, and I know nothing about them. Besides, so, like, Opeth is a band. That's, like, that's yes, the extent Opeth. of my death metal uh, not Like, my, my doom metal, black metal so, not so, Sweden and just violent shit. So, anyway. doom gothic is a little bit smaller. We can probably, we'll probably be able to cover that in our subgenre episode. Yeah. Um, black and death. <laughs> black metal. The plague. Uh, black um. metal is predominantly a Eastern European and southern florida i know um source of where those that genre very come from. Um, slavic nordic yes it is area of if, eastern europe if you are unfamiliar with what black metal slash doom ish metal is really like even though the name of the band is death clock death clock is actually black metal they, well, I mean, they're black, very black much metal like, is also an imagery as well that, yes. we'll, that we'll touch on briefly. A lot of um, a lot of the aesthetic of black metal is what's important, and in a way, has to accompany the sound in order for it to be black metal. Yeah. Um, with black metal, the biggest band to really come out of that in the Norwegian, Swedish, whatever, is a band called Mayhem. Oh um, yeah. And Mayhem is famous for their lead singer dead being his suicide over. Did he really kill himself on stage, he, or was no, that a different one? No, he, he, uh, he used to cut himself open on stage. That's the way that yeah. it, that E Pop does. Um, yeah, only way more. Yeah, Dead uh, killed himself, shotgun to the face, and his guitarist took a photo of it and they used it as their album cover that... for their live album. I I know that there is a majority of fucking metal. It's dude. it's. Black metal and death metal are very much imagery based. Yes. And, and doom, that's doom when you get into well. real, like, straight up burning churches in Finland Satanism. Yeah. So. Which is something that I just don't 
wrap my head around. So we're not going to do anything on black metal because, and this is, I'm going to tell all of my 200, the 200 people that, my 200 friends that listen to this. Neat. Um, I've mentioned this before a couple of episodes ago, but I'm going to plug this directly. Uh, the podcast, last podcast on the left, available on iTunes, Spotify, uh, SoundCloud, does a three-part series, which in total is almost four hours of content. Wow. On the history type, subtypes, bands of black metal, predominantly in where it is in Norway and Sweden. And they also get into the black metal church burnings and the black metal murder. There's three people who died at the in this um, do they, movement. Do they do... That would be an interesting thing when we talk about thrash metal. Do they do an episode on the West Memphis Three at all? They're going no? to. Okay, They're because working I mean, on that's, right that's a huge... They're working on the West Memphis... That's Mem- a Metallica Tide thing. They're working on the West Memphis Three right now, actually. But um, they get into uh, the three people that... Two, two of them were murder victims. One of them was... One of the guitarists from one of the main bands. The other one was a guy who another guitarist from another band randomly killed in a park. And the third person who's not spoken about is one of the firefighters who died trying to put out one of the church fires. Um, so if you want anything about black metal, I am going to strongly and completely recommend that series solely. They also do a great two-parter on when we get into grunge, uh, Kurt Cobain and Courtney Love, which is great. Um, oh yeah, that'll be a fun, that's, yeah. So we're not going to touch on black metal because there's a resource that I think is going, they go into so much more depth about the crimes and everything and all the music is all laid out in there. And they'll be able to do a lot better with it than we will because they know more. <laughs> um, they also have four research assistants. Well, that's what I mean. So, that's what I mean. Um, so death metal itself is such a thing, a genre unto itself. I think we're going to do a one-off about death metal. We'll fly right, through. Right before we get to metalcore. Yeah. Right before we get to metalcore yep. because death metal is kind of the father of metalcore. To an extent, yeah. You can definitely trace the lineage most directly to that. So. That one out. Um, uh, so. So you mean Metallica? We're going to talk about I mean, power metal and Metallica. We're going to talk about my territory. Okay. We're going to talk Good, about. We can, we can no, we're going to talk about Anthrax, Megadeth, Metallica, and Slayer. Oh yeah, we'll, the big four of thrash metal. We'll be able. So, to, we'll be able to fly through. Thrash this. metal. These guys are garbage. Is oh. no, I, I guess it's not. Get I just, out. I just don't care about most metal. See, this is another fun thing is I just don't give a shit about this most metal. This is the metal. thing I care about. So I, I know you do. You're going to be the one talking about most of this. Um, well, I mean, we talked a lot about. Um, we talked a lot about some of the really defining musical aspects of this. I remember in the first episode, we talked yep. a lot about thrash metal is really a definition. And so, you know, the the fast percussion and the the low gnarly riffs and the shredding and the fast and the move fastly with the fast music. And the kinda, furious. You know, the heavy, <laughs> exactly. The heavy, you know, um, thrash is also where a lot of inspiration comes from Especially for your, your, um, you know, for death metal, black metal, a lot of, it's a lot of big, those lineages can really be traced day. from, essentially take, take thrash metal, slow it down and drop it like a third and you have black metal. That's pretty much how it works. Yeah. Um, which is, which is an interesting way to view it. But I mean, like you said, Anthrax, Megadeth, Metallica, Slayer. The big four of thrash. Slayer! You know, they all sound very... Yeah, I don't think they sound similar. That's that's not really what I mean by saying that. But they follow similar formulas and concepts and stylistic influences, influences to put their together... To put their songs together. Um, 
theory-wise, we, again, we talked a little bit about this uh, in the beginning, uh, the, the intro metal episode. There's a lot of chromaticism. There's a lot of, you know, the devil's interval, the tritone, augmented fourth, diminished fifth. Um, Master of Puppets is a great example of chromaticism um, based on tritones, which is fun. I mean, you know, you can break that down a little more nerdly if you really want to, but we, we discussed a, a decent amount. But this is really getting into... There's a lot. It's this Where is the genre they, that goes fast. Yes, thra- I mean thrash. Thrash is in its name. Thrash in itself is a fa- I knew about thrash because it was a Pokemon move, um, and it was about going fast and angry. And so that's what thrash metal is to me: is fast and angry. Yes. And lots of double bass and a lot of like you know really pumping along, you know, raining blood intro kind of. Really heavy stuff. Um, my my biggest connection to Metallica is Cliff Burton, rest in peace. Phenomenal, died way too young. Bus bus crash, I believe. Yes. Um, theme wise, you start to get a little darker than what you heard from the Judas Priest and the Deep Purple and the Led Zeppelin. You, Not you, as you, dark you, as in Death and Doom. No, Black. but you can trace topics to thrash metal that they sing about there's a lot of murder there's a lot of corruption there's a lot of murder uh addiction begins to play a role in certain bands not in others um politically you see it a little bit anthrax anthrax is almost almost humor-based political threat it's very weird anthrax is anthrax is great and if you don't listen to the damn things you're doing it you're doing it wrong. You're doing um, everything wrong. Uh, one of the greatest new new metal, new core, whatever the fuck they are, that we'll talk about when we do the metal core uh, offshoot. Uh, we'll, we'll bring up the damned things for sure. Um, but, I mean, where, where, where it comes from, oddly enough? Queen. Queen. <laughs> you know, because... Well, then... Not I solely mean, Sto- Queen. Stone Cold Crazy, though, is is such a riffy song that it's thrash before it was thrash. Right. But you I know? feel like if you think of, um, you think of there's, like you said, if you take something and you speed it up or slow it down, then you get to stuff like that. So if you take everything that Brian May did for Queen. Oh, yeah. And you put it in the speed up filter on Snapchat. <laughs> That's just Megadeth. Even you think Not about wrong. even if you Not think about wrong. the riff from Barracuda. I mean, and yeah, then exactly. you make it faster. Yeah, that's the intro to. I mean, you know, you're meant anything. I mean, that's Slayer. that's Raining Blood. Um, and so you're there's a lot of stuff that you're dealing with with things from Motorhead and Iron Maiden and Judas Priest. Um. One of the biggest you can keep going. The earliest um, examples of hardcore heavy metal mixing, which is a thing that a lot of thrash is known for, was the band Void. Yeah. Um, and with the Faith, and they have an LP split. Faith is from uh, Washington. Is high. It's kind of like back then in the late seventies, early eighties. It was more like high speed punk. It was like punk on crack, on hard, speed. Hard, hardcore punk, but, yeah. you but know, on not speed. necessarily angry. Yeah. Um, and then you were dealing more in Europe and uh, those areas like we were talking about with black metal, you know, 
Hellhammer, Bathory, Mayhem. All of the bands that sound like someone from Lord of the Rings is sneezing, that's a black metal band. And so that's what you're also dealing with during the time. And then you're dealing with um, some bands uh, in Europe like Sodom, Creator, Destruction, Coroner. You're getting... When the names start sounding scarier, that's <laughs> I mean, when you're getting into thrash yeah, and black Literally, and like, you know, the darker the topic of the name is yeah. not just coincidence. It's really illusion. I mean, Megadeth. Can't get more metal than that. And Thrax. Be, yeah, to be perfectly Anthrax honest. Anthrax is, is a piece of chemical warfare. You know, I mean, it's... the Metallica has the word metal in its name. There is... It's fine no coincidence between the angrier and like we'll talk about this more in the doom death black gothic doom death but i mean some of those bands literally the only way they could be dark is if they're just like we're gonna kill ourselves on stage and that's like the name of the band yeah like some of that's really like like it's like burning churches is like a band name type thing it's yeah. like okay we get what you're going for here we get it you're satanists you know um I, I mean, and you see it a lot in album names too. Master of Puppets, Kill 'em All. Yeah, you know, you, there, there, there death. is death, right? Yeah, <laughs> there is definitely uh, no coincidence. There are thematic elements that you start to see, obviously popping up, and they really, they really, they milk them for all they're worth, and then some yep. in the metal genre. Um. <laughs> Well, I think one of my one of my favorite things is that uh, Dave Mustaine. I always fuck his name up. Dave Mustaine, Mustaine, whatever. Um, he was he played in Metallica for a while. Kicked him out. Kirk Hammett joined, and then he and then Mustaine was like, ah, and then formed Megadeth, uh, <laughs> or fine. vice versa. He went he went. Dave Mustaine was in like every metal band. I yep. think for any. He played with Dio. He played. He was all over was the amazing. place. There was a lot of really horrible use of the term. There's a lot of incestual musician relationships well, in metal because if you can area. shred if you can shred baby you can shred and a lot of these bands rolled with that and said holy shit this guy can shred he's not playing in this band he's gonna play in our band now yep you know so um they're really the... messed up family tree yes uh, uh so all that kind of began began in southern california in 81 when james hetfield and lars ulrich uh were in a band together and the band broke up and they're like we're gonna make our own band and then they picked up Mustaine, dropped Mustaine. And then um, uh, the, they became Metallica and they moved to the Bay because that's what you do. Um, to give you guys that etymology that we talked about, the term thrash metal was first used in music press by Kerrang! To be, Kerrang. And it was actually talking about Anthrax's song Metal Thrashing Mad. So it was kind of in that, in the title. Uh, and in that style was very much like the thing about metal genres which is nice mm -hmm. is that the name is very much connotative of what it sounds like which instead of when we were dealing with emo and then you're doing like post hardcore like what does that mean but when you're like black metal you're like I know exactly what that sounds like mm -hmm. I know exactly what doom metal sounds like um, yeah, you just, you have an idea, and like, if you don't know exactly what it sounds like, trust me, you know what it sounds like. It's exactly, doom metal sounds exactly like you would expect it to sound. Yep. 
Um, so all of these bands, the big four mostly formed between 81 and 83, Slayer, all of them, um, increased in 84 when uh, Ride the Lightning by Metallica and Anthrax's first album, Fistful of Metal. So this is also when you're dealing with hair metal, and this is also in California. Uh-huh. So this was a big upswing of West Coast kind of metal when, during this time, New York was primarily the scene of where punk and rock was, where that's where you were getting, you know, the Ramones and the... Oh, you're yeah. dolls of the world. Um, Slayer released EP an EP this year, so did Overkill. Um, Exodus released some tracks. Slayer's Hell Awaits. Um, Megadeth released their debut album in 85. So then that's when we have in the mid-80s is when the big four all exist at the same time. Oh, and they're killing it, man. Yep. Um, 86 is Master of Puppets. And Megadeth piece sells, but who's buying? And those, I mean, those are the albums. Yep. Peace sells is a killer song off a killer album, and I mean, Master of Puppets is Master of Puppets. I mean, these are top fifty in any genres albums of all time, simply for the defining aspect of them. Let alone within their genre. I mean, we're talking some of the top. Yeah. At all. If anyone know if anyone knows anything about metal, it's from one of these four bands. If you don't know anything else, you're like, yeah. oh, I know who Slayer is. Yeah. Like you don't know about the tiny post hardcore death metal band from Seattle that was a band for six months. You're like, but I know you Slayer. Know Slayer. You know Metallica. Yep. You've at least heard of Iron Maiden, even yep. if you don't necessarily know them. The big four are big are the big four for a reason. They're just so good. And they then, are, yeah, they really. To during this time, eighty six was when Rain and Blood. Rain and Blood, <laughs> which I mean, talk about a band that literally started the death metal genre. Yep. And yep. it's R E I G N. It's very yes. clever. It's very clever. Rain in Blood and the song Raining Blood. It's 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 there's a lot of amusing little anecdotal stuff when it gets to this genre. Um, the uh, late eighties. You're dealing a lot with, uh, you're still having the fallout of the death of disco, and then you're dealing with kind of the crossing over in mainstream of rock, hard rock, punk, and then metal is trying to find its feet in the fact that a lot of the bands that used to be big names are not really anymore. You know, you're still dealing with the fallout of, you know, there's no more Led Zeppelin, there's no more blah, blah, blah. So and Metallica's trying harder. They don't really do very well, but they're trying. Um... You know, late 80s is Suicidal Tendencies. Yep. Which is not, they're not metal by any means, but there are definitely enough metal roots. Um, you're dealing with, then you're dealing with kind of the second wave, in my opinion, which is you're dealing with when when Suicidal Tendencies went, crossed over. Yep. They still had very much hardcore stuff going on from New York, but they were also feeding into what was happening on the West Coast. And then you have bands like Testament and Violence, Forbidden, Forbidden yep. Sepultura, um, Annihilator. They're all Canadian, Canadian metal. Woo! Woo! And this is all late 80s stuff. And so yep. this, because we know history, this period in time is when um, you're dealing with something on the horizon that none of these bands know about, and that's grunge. Oh, yeah. You can, so, you can trace suicidal tendencies to grunge. Yeah. And, you and know, you're, you're also metal going up the West Coast into the Pacific Northwest and trying to define its own version of the sound, but, like, if metal were chill and in the rain all the time. Yeah. Pearl Jam. 
Uh, True. <laughs> you know, but I mean, to an extent, you know. I do think if we were to, when we were talking about earlier about it's tried to kill the metal. I think that the true death of the origins and these big four and the big five before them is grunge. I think that even though there are direct correlations to bands that pop up, you know, Pearl Jam, Soundgarden, all that. We'll get into grunge specifically at another time, but... Oh, that'll be a fun. They might be connected in some way musically, but when it comes to what they stand for, how they present themselves, how they blah, 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 how they culturally shifted completely away from metal, they be- grunge became the anti-metal. There was so much division between those who listen to grunge and those who listen to metal, metalheads versus the kind of like Seattle hippie type things. Um, and so I think that what we get into with the next episode is um, the reaction to that is for the thing that was already being factionized. Metal is already kind of starting to split apart into, well, Slayer's death metal and Metallica's thrash metal. And this is this metal. The 90s are when it even splits even further and even further into the 2000s era. And then when we get into the time of, you know, Ian and me being interested in this kind of music, mm-hmm. you're almost redoing what it means to be metal when you get into metalcore. Well, I mean, I, I learned of all these bands a couple of years. I mean, I found either end of the spectrum. You know, I found Led Zeppelin and Alexis on Fire. Right. Which are literally, it was like sandwich metal. Because those were either, you know, Alexis on Fire, 04. Led Zeppelin, 69. Yeah. You know, and... And then eventually I became more and more familiar with everything in between. But I didn't, you know, I, I have to credit a lot of my metal exposure to Guitar Hero, amusingly enough. Which is, you know, why I'm such a passionate, you know, defender of those games to an extent. Because I think that, I mean, they, they gave me a lot of starting points for heavier guitar-driven genres. I mean, I remember buying Guitar Hero 3 and hating the song 1 because I couldn't beat it, but loving it because it was a great damn song. Mm-hmm. And that's off of um, Justice for All, uh, Metallica's uh, 1988 album. Um, you know, and I remember, you know, uh, Iron Maiden's Number of the Beast was on Guitar Hero 3. Um, you know, you had all of these, you know, and there were some great songs, you know, um, Bark at the Moon, um, Osborne, Ozzy Osborne was on Guitar Hero 1, um, Guitar Hero 2, um, Hangar 18, a phenomenal Megadeth track, crazy guitar stuff. I mean, a lot of my exposure to this genre was a guitar hero right which is interesting because a lot of people you know i listened to either end of it and then the guitar hero aspect of it really let me go out and discover other parts of it and oh my god it's great you know i I don't i I didn't go out and buy every album because it was not a genre that i cared that passionately passionately about but there was so much in it that really appealed to me i think because i was so into metalcore Right. You know, but I, I wouldn't, I didn't find metal because of metal core, but my ears were a little more willingly opened to that True. because of what I listened to. Yeah. I feel the same. I feel like I was, like I had mentioned before, I was so into the history of those decades, but I never really dipped into the music until my ears were open to other stuff. I would not consider myself, consider, consider myself to be a metalhead of any standpoint. Oh, God, no. But I think... 
that the least I can say is that out of every genre and even every subgenre, there's at least two or three bands that I fucks with. You know? Oh yeah. Oh, that yeah. I I really do love Slayer. I really do like Megadeth a lot. Like and Megadeth is great. I love and you know I have a really soft spot for um, my cousins were really into Metallica and I remember sitting in various houses and they would just put on S and M, which is the Metallica live album with the symphonic right. orchestra behind it. Yeah. And holy shit! Well, before, that's your shit all before over. I, before I knew what I wanted musically. That was my fucking jam. And I dug every second of it. You know? So. I just think it's interesting. You know, it's this is one of those genres that, no, I don't passionately love. But there are a couple bands that are like, oh, hell yeah. Yeah. You know? Um, Iron Maiden is definitely one of those for me. I just love them. Yep. You know? Um, I'm a big Anthrax fan. Not, like, massive. But I, I will listen. And Metallica's great. I, you know, I hate Lars Ulrich. 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 Whatever. Fuck him. Um... I don't like a lot of what Metallica stands for to an extent, but I mean, you can't. Seek and Destroy is one of the best riffs of all time. Just, just, just killer, killer stuff, you know. And and the riff lover in me is like, oh fuck yeah, you know, yeah, do it, yeah, do it that more. Super like metal yeah. thing, you know. And I so like, so. I think. Unfortunately, the next episode is going to be a bit of a less of us liking shit and more of us being mad that they're treating women like garbage. Well, I mean that uh, we so, talked about that in Metal One too. There are some definitely non-women friendly themes. It's all about the men for a while. Yeah. So next week we're gonna get into the '90s and uh, beginnings of the 2000s. Yep. And then, like we said, we're going to hold off on anything after, like, 0305, and we're going to bring that into... That's going to be a dope-ass metalcore. Uh... Deathcore, metalcore kind of shit. Yeah. Um, and we're going to let that be. Uh, so next week, we're going to get into um, really tiny chin strap beards and uh, Just white men with dreadlocks Just, uh... and Limp biscuit. I but, hate this. butt rock and new metal. I Stop. hate this. this the, you realize the next episode is gonna be like twenty five minutes, right? Because we're gonna be vomiting the whole time, but like being like Limp Bizkit. It's just gonna be. Anyway, the, we're done. <laughs> it's gonna be that meme of uh, just the letter A repeated over and over again. Ah, that's me. About that's most, we were probably you know, super accurate. The challenge I give to Ian and myself is to find at least one or two things from this era that we go. You know what? I like that. Oh, I think I think as we talk about it, um, while it will definitely be, I think, on the shorter side, just by nature, we'll be able to talk for a couple minutes about some random new metal band. They <laughs> have some fucked up, weird high school guilty pleasure bullshit identifiable Creed. situation. With. <laughs> um, <laughs> so Can you take me higher? Uh, okay. Um, um, uh, like we said last <laughs> week, uh, we have some new stuff coming up after Ian gets back from being on tour. Yeah. Uh, if you can, check him out on tour. Um, yeah. Coming to a city near... Who are you touring with so they can look it up? I am touring with a band called Hate Club. Hate Club. And we are touring with a band called The Death Vacation. The Death Vacation. You guys might not know either of those bands. Doesn't but matter. I can Go tell see you, Ian. I can tell you that you guys know a bunch of the people in Death Vacation because... Members of Death Vacation have been spotted around the world in both aficionado and self-defense family. So, if Big you're moves. around, check them out. Hate Club Albany. Um, 
on most of the social medias, specifically Insta Twitter. Um, and Vero. F- fuck that. Fuck Vero. I don't even know what it is, but fuck it. Stupid. Um, Maybe by the time this comes out, there won't actually be a Vero. I, I, <laughs> sweet God, I hope not. I hope it's just um, a realm of another era. Um, go check but. out some live music in your life. I am. Go see a show, damn it. Go see a show. And you know what? Send us an email about a show that you've seen. I want to hear about it. I want I, about I want it. you guys to or send tweet at us, us. Or Instagram DM me. I want you guys to hit us up with a show that you've seen. Or a show you want to see. Or a show that's coming up that you want to see. And I want to hear about it. We're going to talk about it. We're going to make fun of you incessantly <laughs> off the mic. And then only a little bit on the mic. Right. Call in. 1-800-FACED OUT. Uh, <laughs> don't, don't do that. Don't do it's, that. It's not, it, there's it porn. Will, you will get Tommy Two-Tone. <laughs> I, I don't know what to tell you. Um, um, so this week we're going to do something a little different, and uh, Ian's going to tell me a joke. Hey, so uh, do you want to hear a joke? I do, Ian. So, what has nine arms and sucks? What? Def Leopard. Oh, God, it hurts. Oh, please... Please don't. <laughs> oh, good lord. Anyway, bye. Bye. So, Phased Out comes out every Tuesday, and you can find us on Facebook at Phased Out Podcast, on Instagram at Phased Out underscore podcast, on Twitter at Phased Out Pod, and on Spotify at Phased Out Podcast. If you have any questions, compliments, or concerns, drop us a line at phasedoutpodcast at gmail.com. Till the next phase. <laughs>